Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Amy Donaldson. Alongside Steve Handy. Yeah, yeah. Steve Handy. Uh, Representative Steve Handy. Yeah. Powerful yeah. guy. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Mover and shaker. <laughs> I'm just giving him a hard time. Uh, anyway, we're, we held John Cox uh, over uh, for a second segment so we can talk about Rocky Mountain Power's uh, Sort of, are you? This is a future initiative, right? The clean renewable energy. Yeah, it's, it's um, our integrated resource plan. So, but our future energy. So you plan. do this every couple of years, anyway. We do. Okay, yeah. so what's driving this shift towards renewable energy? Yeah, in this case, it's uh, 100% driven by economics. So the the mandate that we have from our regulators in the state of Utah, so the Public Service Commission, as mandated by the legislature, by the legislature. is that we find uh, the lowest cost, least risk uh, re- re- uh, energy source for our customers. And so uh, what we do is, uh, and we've been meeting uh, you know every month with stakeholders for the last year, walking through some of this analysis and, and different portfolios and, and what that might look like. And, and essentially what we're doing is just ranking what, what is uh, the one that makes the most sense for our customers economically. And uh, and I mentioned this briefly before, but historically, that's always been thermal generation. And uh, what's starting to change, and we see it in a really big way in, in this IRP, is that... Uh, that no, that's not the case anymore. That uh, that in this particular case, it makes the most sense uh, to pursue renewable energy, uh, and in this case, uh, wind and solar, and, and coupling that that solar with with battery, uh, and that is the lowest cost resource for our customers. So let me ask you though: Is that because the cost of wind and solar is going down, or that coal is going up, or what? What's the yeah, a little bit of both. And, and, and I think it's helpful to remember, too, that uh, these coal plants that are closing, in, in many cases, were built quite some time ago. Um, so, you know, we, we we haven't built a coal plant for decades and decades uh, as a company. And that's that's true, really, sort of nationwide. You, you do see some other places across the world that, that may have, have done that recently. So uh, it's the cost of the fuel source, uh, you know, for the coal uh, compared to essentially sort of cost of construction of these new assets. The nice thing, though, about renewable energy is that once you build it, uh, it, it's a zero fuel cost. You know, it doesn't cost any money to, to spin that turbine. It doesn't cost any money for that that uh, solar array to, to, to get energy. Uh, but it does cost money to put in natural gas. It does cost money right. to, to put in coal to some of these right. plants. Here's the other thing I would say, Amy, though, that uh, I think this this has tremendously amount, amount to do with technological innovation. There was a huge show here, an international solar show here last week or so. 20,000 attendees came to Salt Lake City. It was at the Salt Palace. I spent a couple hours there. My mind was blown by the innovation, international companies, local companies, everyone trying to, these scientists, these engineers trying to disrupt, trying to figure out 
you know, uh, the, the, the technological breakthroughs. And we will see in the years to come, we will see tremendous technolo- technological breakthroughs with battery storage. I mean, it's going to happen. How far it's out there, I don't know. But it, but I commend Rocky Mountain Power for, you know, committing to the 600, 600 megawatts and see kind of how that how that how that goes john yeah and and, and that storage you know we really are yeah. talking short-term storage short-term. so you're talking two hour four hour type storage yeah. and really you're trying to move that peak of solar generation a few hours into the evening to match up with peak demand right but say uh, you know it was a cloudy week in salt lake city and the wind wasn't blowing in wyoming for a week you, you got to come up with something better on energy storage to really meet that that type you of demand. really do i about a year ago i was out at the at, at, at the headquarters here in salt lake down south temple and you took me into the nerve center to see how energy moves around from all over the West and the hydro energy that, you know, the, 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 the out, of, out of California. Incredible how this is moving, how this is moving around. Yeah, and, and we have a, a diverse set of, of yeah. resources, which, yeah. which helps, again, sort of balance all of this. But uh, electricity is very interesting. We're, we're talking about putting on some storage today. We've never done that before, which means that we operate in a business where I have to generate the exact amount of electricity that I need for our demand at every given second of the day. And uh, there, there's no way that I can store it in the bank and keep it for later. Nope. And uh, so that nope. that's a complicated way to, to operate a business, especially ours with you know 1.9 million customers in, in six Western states. So let me ask you, as a regular person, like why should I care about this? Um, and, and is it gonna have any impact on like what I do or um, am I going to be asked to lo- use less electricity at certain hours of the t- a day? Yeah. We, we always encourage you to use less. We always say on energy efficiency that the cheapest and the cleanest type of energy is the energy you never use. So we, we always certainly encourage that. But as far as our customers, what does it mean for you? Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, remembering that this is the lowest cost option for our customers. So, uh, you know, today Utah is in the bottom 10 as far yeah. as electricity prices. That will continue uh, with this plan. So first and foremost, uh, you know, electricity price continues to be important for Rocky Mountain Power and our customers. Second point that I would say, though, is you're going to see a dramatically cleaner electricity supply coming into your system. Um, when, when it comes to, to some of these uh, units that, that we're retiring, you know, they're not in the air shed of Salt Lake City, uh, so it's not contributing necessarily to the air quality problems that we see, uh, but certainly conversations on climate change or other things, it, it does have an impact. Exactly. And, uh, in, in this case, the electricity you will consume will continue to be very affordable, but also increasingly cleaner. Okay. And so one thing, like I know, I've looked into it. I know a couple of my neighbors have actually already gone ahead and gotten the solar for their house. Right. Um, But it's really expensive. And I just wondered, like, is there some shift in that? What about individual homeowners? Well, do you foresee that somehow these two visions will merge? Yeah, so so today uh, we have uh, about 35, 36,000 rooftop solar customers that, uh, that buy their own solar panels, put it on the roof, and uh, and produce their own electricity. I think what's interesting about those customers is uh, it's a similar dynamic where they produce more than they can use during certain hours of the day, so they actually send it back on the grids, uh, and we're able to use it for our other customers. I, I think that'll continue to, to go uh, or, or grow as, as time goes on. We've always argued for uh, an alignment of incentives there. The key for us is, you know, whatever you produce on your own property that's that's sort of your own business but if you're putting it back on the grid the price that we pay for that electricity we want it to reflect the price that we're paying for 
solar energy on the open market. Uh, today, it's it's a little bit higher, frankly, uh, than, than what that is. It's about three times as high. Um, we've been working with the commission and solar stakeholders to, to slowly change that. Um, and I think as the price of solar continues to go down, um, it will continue to be economic for customers who, who choose to do that. And for those who can't afford it, if you can't afford, you know, $20,000, $30,000 panels on your house, the good news is that the energy that's coming into your house and will be for the foreseeable future is going to become cleaner and cleaner. Yeah, it would, a terrific thing. I want to talk about two things, and uh, Amy and John, and that is that I want to understand the impact uh, in uh, Wyoming. You're going to close a couple of, uh, of power plants in Wyoming. Uh, the two power plants that we have in Utah, Hunter and Huntington, are not scheduled immediately. They're out there in the 2030 sometime to be decommissioned as, as this grows. But but we have listeners, I know, KSL does in Wyoming. Talk about that. I know Gary was up there with the governor, uh, legislators, uh, industry people, Kemmer, Wyoming, that's going to be hit hard. Yeah, and, and thank Let's you for going there, and I, I really do appreciate it. And, and I think this does need to be something that's top of mind yeah. for anybody, even if you don't live in one of these communities. Right. Because, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the affordable electricity prices that we have today and, and have for decades. And, and for many, many years, it's been because of these communities, because of these employees who have gone Amazing. in and yeah. worked in coal mines and right. worked in coal plants. And, and now we're encountering this sort of energy transition in our right. economy. Right. And that's difficult. You know, if you're in a town like uh, like Kemmer, you're in a town uh, like, like many others throughout this country, uh, that, that's difficult. And, and I think that we all have a responsibility to help these communities as they transition. Uh, but for us, we've been out meeting with employees uh, to essentially say, uh, we, we don't anticipate having layoffs that uh, we'll have a job for you in the company uh, and if it requires some skill training we're going to work with you on, on making that happen the key for us though is certainty moving forward that you have enough time uh, to anticipate these types of changes right. you have a little bit of runway that we can right. work with you mm-hmm. uh, but but it's not going to be easy and yeah. and for the folks uh, here in Utah you know you mentioned it that our Hunter and Huntington plants aren't affected by this announcement yesterday but uh, but there's still some nervousness I think I, I'm from just over the mountain in St. Yes, Pete County are. I've got yes, a lot of friends are. that, that yes, work you, in these coal yeah, mines right. and have worked in these coal plants yeah. and their parents have. Yeah, generational. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, again, without them, we would not have uh, the economy that we do today. We That's owe exactly a tremendous right. debt a of gratitude tremendous. to the, to them. And I think that we also owe to them uh, help in making that uh, energy transition. Let's not forget that because I have learned that in my legislative experience <laughs> as well. I mean, our, our low-cost energy in the United States and in Utah has powered this economy to what it is today. And let's not forget that where it's come from. So, But we're in this greatest transition of asset transfer from the old energy economy to the new energy economy. It's the it's 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 remarkable what's happening. It's well, going to happen. So thank you. And, and I think that, I mean, as a person who's in a business that is also undergoing an evolution, right? Um, that's Things change. And I, I think that part of our... Um, our struggle is that we're like, no, but we've always done it this way and it's worked for us and it's sustained. And I do think that if we looked at it as, hey, this is an opportunity to do something different. It's better for the environment. It may be cheaper for customers. Um, it may end up being a, a better route for us um, because some of the other sources of uh, power are finite resources, right? Yeah. Wind and sun hopefully are not. <laughs> but I but I think that... Um, uh, Evolution is not necessarily a bad thing. The change is not necessarily a bad thing. The question is, if you're like my age or 50 years old and you've done something your whole life, like, do I want to do something different? And am I going to be able to do something different? And that's really where, like you say, the time, the discussions, that that kind of thing. Um, but you can't have, we can't move forward. We can't progress no. without leaving behind some things. And no. I think that is a painful thing and it's something to acknowledge, but it's also something to be aware of that 
change doesn't mean it, it's not like a bad. It's a great thing that we didn't stay in 1955. Yeah, it, the older I get, I think I've, I'm learning uh, every day that disruption and sometimes major disruption mm-hmm. is the new norm throughout <laughs> all segments of our life. Probably. All segments. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and my closing thought on that is, you know, for all these years, um, you've turned on your light bulb and you didn't really see where it came from, uh, that electricity and the people working to make it happen. And as that transitions, you, you're still not going to see it. And I, I just would implore all you. But Utahns, you might care about it more now. Well, that's my point is yeah. I would implore all Utahns to not forget about that and yeah. to, yeah. to care about those folks in those communities. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us so much time today. And thanks for all the effort uh, on behalf of all of us. Um, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, you are listening to Inside Sources.